does it mean to be UMC? Each episode of this podcast series explores that question with clergy and laity at the East Ohio Conference sharing stories of how lives are being transformed through the ministries of the United Methodist Church. This is Storyboard, Faith, Witness, Transformation. Welcome to Storyboard, Faith, Witness, Transformation. And today I have the pleasure of being joined by two individuals who have devoted their lives and a, a large portion of their lives to working with youth, young adults, and those who minister to them. And so today we're going to dive into the East Ohio Young People Ministries. And uh, I'm going to welcome to the table... Pastor Christy Suffolk and Tim Beck, and uh, welcome. And why don't you introduce yourselves and tell us a little bit about uh, where you're serving and how you are serving uh, at the conference level. Christy, we'll start with you. All right. Well, as uh, you already said, my name is Pastor Christy Suffolk. I am serving in two roles. I'm the lead pastor at Mount Tabor, UMC, and East Canton. And then I serve on the conference as the co-director of Young People's Ministry alongside Tim, um, where we are here to resource local churches, uh, youth leaders, and anyone who's working in youth ministry at the local church level. Excellent. And I'm Tim Beck. I am uh, the director of student ministries at Wadsworth United Methodist Church and also co-director of Young People's Ministries here at the conference. Uh, I've served uh, in the Methodist Church and youth ministry officially for 25 years. And uh, Christy and I both started in July of 23 uh, as the co-directors of Young People's Ministry. Actually, to let our listeners in on a little bit of details behind the scenes, uh, you guys splitting as co-directors is relatively new to the conference. Previously, it was a, a job for one person person. And this past year, it was uh, split between both of you. And so it's been been some time to get into into this new role for you and getting used to it. <laughs> so why don't we start with talking about why is it important to have a ministry devoted to youth and young people? Well, it's definitely a transitional stage of life that does sort of require, I think, at times some specialized um, ministry input and perspective, perhaps because students going through that middle and high school age and then as they transition into adulthood, uh, it's just, it's a difficult age. We all know it because we all live through it. <laughs> we all know the challenges that comes with that. And so any way that we can provide specialized care and support to the local churches so that they can best minister to young people, that's what we're here for. I think the other reason why this is such a pivotal time, this is a time when the youth are trying to not only decide who they are, but this is a lot of time of growth in their own personal faith, their chance to start interacting on their terms now. A lot of them have just come through confirmation or are going through confirmation, um, and they're questioning the world as a whole. And a lot of times, knowing where you fit into the world in light of Christ gives you kind of that grounding place for when you're out in a world that is so constantly changing and in flux. So if we can help provide that place of some consistency and stability for them, I think that's a, a great thing for them to be able to navigate mm -hmm. all the challenges that they're going to face that Tim mentioned. So, yeah. yeah. 
So just to give our listeners a little bit of a little bit of a snapshot, what do you think are some of the biggest things that our youth wrestle with today in, in that world that's in flux? I think the biggest challenge that I'm seeing in ministry overall that we are having to really address it. I don't remember doing in years past with youth and ministry is a much bigger focus, focus on mental health. Um, there's a lot more anxiety, stress, depression, and, and not so healthy coping mechanisms. And I think if we can be there to support them and help them navigate this, it, that is one way we can definitely serve as Christ's hands and feet in this world for, I'm just stunned the mm, common theme of absolutely. anxiety and stress among our youth. Mm. Um, and it can be triggered by so many things. It's not just school or grades like it used to be. Just a lot of the being in flux. What do you think has been the big thing you've seen, Tim? Yeah, I mean, I would definitely echo stress and anxiety levels. I mean, any, we can look at the statistics and they're they're on the rise and have been for some time. And we could obviously take a look at COVID and the response and the effect that that had on our uh, teenagers, but it was on the rise even before that. Mm-hmm. So there are definitely ways that churches can can care for students, but I think they just don't know how. And, and it is kind of hard uh, place to be when you're in ministry and you're knowing that there are such deep, sometimes emotional wounds that we're, that we're um, trying to walk alongside our young people. And that can be very challenging. Uh, but along with that, it's just the typical struggles that a teenager might have or a young adult. Some of it is, you know, decision making, like what's my future going to look like? Uh, I definitely would echo the coping skills. Mm-hmm. Um, young people just haven't had the time to develop those coping skills. And partially because of our culture, it's just at such living at such a fast pace. Uh, I think there's also a way that we can perhaps help guide and minister to their parents because sometimes it's the parents just feel like they don't know what to do as well. So this mental health thing is definitely affecting our students and our, our parents as well. And it's, it's been a challenge to know exactly what the right next steps are. But the, the best thing we can do, at least initially, is just to be there and to offer help however we can, maybe a listening ear, uh, offering some guidance, um, for not only the young people, but the youth leaders who are trying to guide the young people in our conference. Mm-hmm. And I think doing that, we had to learn to become a lot more flexible and adaptable. We're working with kids that are overscheduled, that have calendars so full yep. to ask them to regularly come to something at the church now becomes a stressor instead of a place of refuge. And that's not the intention, mm. but we've gotten into this routine of, oh, we'll have a youth group every week or we'll have a Sunday school every week or And we're just adding to it. And so I think we've, Tim and I both talked about how we need to step back sometimes as a church and look at what are other ways we can come alongside the youth and their families that maybe isn't what we've done in the past, but that can still meet the needs that are out there. Mm-hmm. Right. I always uh, remind leaders to be mindful that we don't want to add to the chaos. And, and, and that's, that's exactly what, you know, Christy's talking about. And, and we're hearing that too. Youth leaders are just kind of concerned and, you know, kids are signing up at the last minute or they're not showing up. And so we're having to sort of rethink youth ministry uh, and how, how can we best effectively meet their needs and, and to show and model the love of Christ uh, in this context. I think one of the ways Tim and I have been able to support youth leaders, too, there's, um, I think, a pressure on our youth leaders to meet expectations for attendance and level of involvement and how many numbers of kids are present at things. Um, And that's how the youth leader success is sometimes measured. 
So we're trying to help get the word out that that's not how we're looking to measure success anymore with youth ministry. And I think that's been another culture shift that we're working through as the church, that um, ministry as a whole can't be quantified anymore by attendance, that it really is a matter of the heart that we need to be looking at more. Yeah, we actually met with, spent a weekend with actually over 50 youth leaders from mm-hmm. around our conference um, earlier in January of this year. And we were discussing in our table talk discussion with leaders and and pastors, you know, what does the future of student ministry, of youth ministry look like? And we sort of come up, came up with this comprehensive list. And it, it wasn't the things that, you know, 15 years ago or 20 years ago, you probably would have expected because it wasn't just like the, oh, you have to offer programming every week, Sunday morning, <laughs> Sunday night, midweek, this or that. Not that that can't be a part of where we're headed. But some of the things that we talked about um, were listening more, being present, uh, walking alongside students, as Christy has mentioned, uh, creating safe spaces, increasing awareness, becoming more decentralized. We have to have a team approach. We need to collaborate. We want to invest in one another. And that's not just investing in our students, but as leaders, investing in one another mm-hmm. and in offering that care the best that we can. So. Mm-hmm. Recently, uh, our Lighthouse group did a training on hospitality outside the walls. And that is something that Tim and I have been seeing in youth ministry for quite some time. Sometimes we can be more effective outside of the church than we can inside the church. Sometimes that means going to the concerts and the games and the events Mm -hmm. and being there as, you know, part of their crowd of witnesses that's cheering them on. And for them to see, wait a minute, I matter enough that they're leaving the church to come to me. Mm -hmm. You know, I do a lot of work with the smaller, more rural churches who may say we don't have any youth. So how could we even have a youth ministry? There's no kids in our congregation. Well, that's when you go and you become the fan club for the local high school. You show up and you cheer on and you become their biggest fans. And suddenly they start to realize, you know, wait a minute, church isn't just Sunday or just in a building or just that room with all the leftover couches and pizza being served. (laughs) Right. That this is actually doing life together. Right. We call that on their turf. That's how I kind of view mm-hmm. it. Like how, mm-hmm. how can we minister to students on their to turf? Now, sometimes it has to be on their terms, but even just being present in the simplest of ways uh, can have an impact. Yeah. And I've, it's been years since I have spent time in youth ministry. I, that's actually what my degree is in. Nice. But uh, as a parent of two teenagers, everything you're saying is echoing very strongly with me. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I uh, actually developed um, cards at one point that the kids could fill out when they had an event and leave it on my desk. So I didn't even have to be around that they could just say, hey, I have a concert at this time or I've got, you know, a competition at this time. Would you please come? Because some of the kids didn't have the courage of saying something in front of the group. It eventually got to the point that they started just DMing me and, hey, you know, I'd really like you to be at such and such event. And when you show up for those things, it's amazing the difference it makes in a relationship with your youth then, Mm -hmm. because suddenly they realize they are a priority and it doesn't matter if they knew the lesson or if they had the right things to say in their time together, you showed up. Right. And one thing I, you know, that, that is kind of in the forefront of our minds is how can we help leaders teach their churches how to minister to students both mm-hmm. inside and outside of the church walls? Because typically it might just be the youth leader or the volunteer. But ideally, I, as I see moving forward, when, as we become more of an intergenerational uh, ministry to students, we can be equipping, we can equip the leaders. Christy and I can do the work to equip the leaders who can then go to their local churches mm-hmm. and equip their own teams or their own adults of any age 
teaching them to minister to students uh, outside the church walls. Mm -hmm. The churches that I have served that have had the most effective youth ministry, not necessarily greatest in numbers, but the most heart effective are the ones where the entire congregation had some sort of role in it, right. whether it being mentors or prayer warriors or um, showing up for the fundraisers. It was something where the youth saw, you know, at, we, there may only be five or six of us in the church, but the church knows about us, cares about us, asks what's going on. And I think that's a big difference is like Tim said, we can equip the leaders, but this is really a task for the entire congregation to mm -hmm. walk alongside these kids, not just the leader or the volunteer. Right. And so in your role here at the conference level, mm -hmm. what are some of the practical ways that you're able to resource and equip those leaders? First and foremost, we do offer trainings throughout the year mm -hmm. or can provide access to training. As I previously mentioned, our, our yearly annual youth leaders retreat January of every year has been growing. And so we're excited to see how God has been working through that. And it's a way for leaders to network. And this it's not just paid leaders. It can be volunteers. Uh, we had a church this year that brought their whole team. They brought like 10 people because they're wanting to become a more of a collaborative, taking a more of a collaborative approach rather than just hiring one director who's going to do everything. So that was really exciting. Mm -hmm. And then we also will hold another training for leaders in sometime in the summer, probably in August. So that's kind of our big picture goal is at least at least offering two major training events every year. Mm -hmm. But then another thing is, is that Christy and I are always available to meet with any volunteer, pastor, or leader, one-on-one -on -one or in a small group setting, over coffee or in their church setting, mm -hmm. to just have a listening ear and to offer guidance as we can. Excellent. Yeah, there's been uh, a lot of valuable conversations that have been had. It's been interesting to have this be a co-director role with two of us, being that I'm clergy and Tim is laity, because we both come at the the challenges from the two different perspectives. Um, and it's been helpful that some youth leaders can come to me and say, my pastor just doesn't understand. Can you come help facilitate a conversation? Absolutely. Our board doesn't get it. Would you come facilitate a conversation? Yeah. We're not there to solve problems. We're there to resource. We're there to maybe point out some of the things they might have, you know, become so accustomed to they're not seeing anymore. And sometimes it's valuable just to have that outside perspective come in because some of us look at the problem for so long, we don't see what it really is anymore. Yeah. Um, so Tim and I have a, a difference in backgrounds too. He's gotten experience in much larger church settings and larger youth groups that I didn't have. And I've had the smaller group settings. So depending on whatever scenario your church has, one of us will be well equipped with our experiences. And we also work collaboratively that we can come in together, you know, when the, the need arises as well. So. Right. And I've really enjoyed actually some of those one-on-one -on -one conversations. Mm -hmm. I, it kind of surprised me because, because I was, brought into this focusing more on the suburban and larger churches, I kind of expected that a lot of my conversations initially would be with churches that have, you know, full-time or part-time youth leaders, which there has been part of that. Mm -hmm. But I've rather enjoyed the conversations with the pastors who are just sort of discerning their next steps um, because probably isn't going to surprise anybody, but a lot of churches are still looking for the right person for, mm -hmm. for in our context, student mm -hmm. ministry, but I'm hearing it in children's ministry and other areas as well. So for either of us to be able to come alongside and just to kind of listen and, and try to help maybe some pastors and leaders think differently about how they might approach uh, their youth ministry going forward has been, it's been really exciting for us. And um, 
Uh, we'll see where it takes us, but I really do see that that's probably the future of what we're going to be doing. Yeah, I think if I went back and looked through all my meeting lists, I've probably met more with pastors than I have right. actual paid staff or volunteers. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, in most cases, like Tim said, those are pastors who don't have somebody on staff right now and they've been doing it or they're struggling to find right, yeah. the right person <laughs> or or sometimes a combination of all of the above. So. There really isn't a scenario that we can't come out and be a resource for. Um, right. And that was the intention when we created this split role was so that we would have, you know, a, a wealth of experience to pull from to be able to support the variety that we have across East Ohio of churches. Excellent. And so with those uh, that are post high school, mm-hmm. that tends to be a, a big drop off for mm-hmm. teenagers once they've graduated high school. A lot of churches, they're just it's it's a hole for mm-hmm. them. That's you know they they go off to college, they graduate high school, whatever it is, and it's it's that time in life where you know high school is transitional, but that's really transitional for them. Uh, they've really stepped out on their own, and so you know whatever study you want to look for, you can find tons of them that's, that show this is a, a period where they're stepping away from the church. Mm-hmm. How are uh, you guys in your role able to resource churches here in the conference that are looking for ways to connect with that? I can't really call it a generation, <laughs> but uh, yeah. with that group. With that season. Yeah. yeah, that's been a challenge. I feel like that's the one area where we are just starting from scratch. Mm-hmm. Like we are in a total rebuild on how do we minister to young people and or equip churches to minister to young people. Um, we have had some conversations recently that m- that might be more of a creative approach or even trying to minister to young adults who may not be like the traditional churchgoer. Mm-hmm. So I've been a part of some conversations recently about those who may be coming out of recovery or in some sort of uh, juvenile detention. How can we minister to those young adults? Mm-hmm. And that's that's probably a big picture right now. We're having the big picture conversations because once we you know get into that, uh, we're going to have to equip local churches and that would be highly collaborative between Christy and myself and Will Fenton Jones and Kathy DeCreedy. But it could be it could be a creative way for us in the future to work together and to model collaboration to minister to to people who have a need, but they also happen to be young adults. Mm-hmm. Now, another part of my role is sitting on our grants and scholarships committee, Um, and we do have grant funding out there for campus ministries. And there are several churches and parachurch organizations and and whatnot across East Ohio that we help support campus ministries that uh, maybe they have a volunteer that um, is part of the church that we resource them or they've got somebody who is partially on staff that we provide grants to help that funding. Those typically are churches that are geographically near uh, college campuses that they can be connecting with the college age students. You know, we work to collaborate with a lot of the chaplains in this area. We're working to rebuild a lot of those relationships and connections so that while the kids are away at college, we can still maintain that contact. That is one thing that I frequently have to encourage churches is when they leave for college, don't just sit and wait for them to come back at the holidays. That's when we reach out during the school year, you send, you know, the care package during finals week, the note of encouragement of, you know, letting them know that while they're gone for that, usually four years of college, that they're still, you know, a part of the church and they're still being considered and thought of and prayed for because it's really hard to want to go back to a place that you haven't heard from for four years. So, 
I think that's another thing that is one way that Tim and I are working to develop some tools for the churches to, you know, stay in contact with them. Um, I know we're hoping to get a better database going of what kids are in college that, you know, it's hard to know who we need to be reaching when we don't know where they went and which colleges they chose and things mm, like right. that. And that's partially in collaboration with the chaplains and that at the different campuses so that we can start getting that those contacts um, strengthened and continued. Yeah. And alongside that, you know, obviously we have we have goals to to sort of bring more young people into the fold to become members of our annual conference, particularly to serve at annual conference and to have a voice. Mm-hmm. And so, again, that, that does feel like we're sort of rebuilding. But I think in that space, we're going to become more like facilitators. But first, we're trying to discern and discover where where are there pockets of young people who are present? Um, who are willing and who are maybe sort of excited or have some Methodist roots, perhaps, that we can then come alongside um, any churches that may be in proximity to where these uh, young people are. And so it's just it's been a slow process, but that's kind of everything right now. Mm-hmm. Um, again, everything just sort of feels like we're in this new territory, this new space. Mm-hmm. So Christy and I obviously have experience on connecting with young adults. Now we're just trying to find them and help equip the churches to find them as well. Excellent. And so as we, as we start to wind down our, our time together, what is a piece of advice that you'd like to share with any church that might feel like they're struggling connecting with, uh, with youth or with young adults that might be looking for that, that one piece of, of hope? I think we overcomplicate it. <laughs> that's that's funny because I was going to say we need to simplify. Right? <laughs> I, I think we make this way harder and that we think we have to do all these grand things for these kids. At the end of the day, they want to know you care and that you right. love them. And if we can, you don't need to have special programming. You don't need to have, you know, staff members with fabulous degrees and budgets, you know, that are unbelievable. The kids need to know you care. And that needs to be a commitment from the whole church. It can't just be one or two people. They, they need to feel that you really, truly care about them. And then if you got that part, Tim and I can help you with the rest. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I'm just going to echo that. Simplify. Honestly, uh, there are ways in which we can connect with students meaningfully that we're probably not considering at times because we're only focusing on the old way of doing things. And it doesn't mean there's not value in the old way. There certainly will be times where you can take a a programmatic approach to connect and to minister to young people and to teenagers and to show them the love of God. But we are going to see more and more ways in which you can minister to young people that are non-programmatic. So be creative, seek it out, engage with them. I guess that's the first thing when you want to care for someone, you have to be present with them. So Mm Increase that presence, but when you're with them, listen, (laughs) listen to their wants, listen to their needs and then pray and discern, okay, God, how can we come alongside them to help them uh, meet these needs? (laughs) I'll just share a quick story. Like this, the story of blind Bartimaeus, I think is a perfect parallel because if you remember that story, the disciples were in a hurry. I think they were heading to Jerusalem. And Bartimaeus is sitting by the side of the road and he's crying out. He's, he's saying what he wants and what he needs. He wants Jesus. He wants to be healed. But the disciples were in such a hurry to, do, to, to tackle that task that was in front of them. 
mm-hmm. they were losing sight of the need that was also right in front of them. So I think, I think it's a perfect parallel to student ministry. There are needs that are right in front of us that if we would just put, take the blinders off and be able to see, but in order to see, we have to listen. Mm-hmm. And so in that story of Bartimaeus, Jesus is the one who listens and he just asks him, what do you want? What do you need? Mm-hmm. And so as adults who care, if we could be mindful to listen and to ask the question, what do you need? Because they'll tell you. <laughs> yeah. And it may not be what you're expecting. Right. Um, I, I'm going through a time of transition in my local church and I have pretty much a whole new face to the kids that are in our youth program. Mm-hmm. And historically, we had met every Sunday night and we had special events. And, and I asked them this year, what do you want this to look like? And they're like, we don't need something every week. Can we get together once a month? But can we do it on a Sunday morning at 930? And I looked at him. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> you want a morning thing? And they're like, yeah, it's easier for us. We don't meet as often, but the level of commitment is so much greater in these kids because mm. they know it's just once a month and they make right. sure they're there because we listen to what worked for them. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, I completely agree with what Tim's saying. If we listen, they'll tell us what they need. And I'll just one final thing. Never underestimate the value of a meal sharing a meal together. And I know it's, we could joke about it. Of course you provide the pizza and they'll they'll show up (laughs) and it's not necessarily meaning it in that context, although it could be that, but explore ways. I I think if churches could explore ways to facilitate like a shared meal, that's intergenerational. Mm -hmm. So don't just take the approach of all, this is a youth ministry event. Mm -hmm. This is a church event, but we are intentionally including and inviting our young people but don't just do it because it's a project. Do it because you care and just share a meal together and then mix up the tables. Don't mm-hmm. just let there be a, the youth table. Yeah. Get them mixed up <laughs> so that you can share conversation because all the adults that are sitting around that table were once teenagers. So mm-hmm. if we could think back, we can know, well, what did we struggle with when we were 14? Mm-hmm. What did we need when we were 14? Chances mm-hmm. are there's some similar wants and needs uh, with our modern day teens as well. Right. Excellent. Well, if any church is looking to uh, reach out and seek some guidance and some resourcing from you, what is the easiest way to get in touch with you? Well, the uh, church website, eocumc.com, or the conference website, I'm sorry, um, has a connection for Young People's Ministry right there. Mm -hmm. Um, Our links are there. Some of our upcoming events are linked through there. Uh, youth leader trainings. It's a really a good resource. Um, and right there are the links to both of our email addresses. That's probably the quickest way. Um, email either one of us. It doesn't matter what your church scenario is or where you're at. We'll be glad to support you and f- figure out a way to connect it with you. Excellent. All right. Well, I want to thank you both again for joining me and sharing all of this. It's been fantastic hearing your hearts. And uh, I know you at home can't uh, see what I'm (laughs) seeing, but uh, just the joy on your faces as you share all of this. And for those of you who are listening, it's my hope that this is uh, an encouragement for you and for the youth in your churches, that you will take any next steps you might need to find the resources that you need to be able to invest in their lives with everything that you have. You can learn more about the East Ohio Conference by visiting our website at www.eocumc.com or by finding us online at Facebook at facebook.com slash EOCUMC, on Instagram at EOCUMC, 
or on Twitter at EastOhioUM.